0: Well, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, it's good to see you guys, so glad you have joined us this morning, Uh, we love it that you are here, hope that you felt that love, not just uh, a love that we sing about, or even just me saying that, but I hope that you felt that as you walked in, and you grabbed some hot chocolate, as you talked to people as you came in, as maybe you uh, got hit by snow, or... Arizona snow, as we call it. Uh, so I hope you felt the love as you walked in this room tonight. Uh, and we're excited that you've chosen to spend Christmas Eve with us. Uh, we're going to get into the sermon in just a second, but I want to let you know about a few key things. One is uh, we have a family service right now. Uh, we love doing that on Christmas Eve so you can be together as a family. But if you do have a five month old to a three year old, uh, we do have childcare for those guys right next door. So if you want to take advantage of that and you miss that, you're welcome to. We'd love for you to do that. Uh, in addition, uh, this is our first Christmas Eve service in this location. Yeah, woo, woo. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's great. Um, so it's, it's kind of fun to be able to actually decorate, and it stays that way. Uh, we haven't had that for four years as a church, so we're excited about that. Uh, and then in addition to that, you got a candle when you walked in, and you're going to want to hang on to that because we'll use those later and end our time lighting all those up and singing together as we close our time together. So hang on to that candle, and maybe don't let your little child burn it to the ground or something. Uh, Be careful with the candles. Um, And then next Sunday, uh, we won't have service in this room. So Sunday, December 30th, this upcoming Sunday, uh, after a lot of debate as our team, we, we decided to not have service on the last Sunday of the year, because uh, that would mean as we leave this service, our team and volunteers will be getting ready for another service during the Christmas holidays, and we just said for the first year ever, we're going to honor our volunteers in this specific way uh, and not have service on the last Sunday of the year, so we'll be getting the word out uh, in other ways, and we have done so already, but we'll continue to do that, so we won't be here. We encourage you to spend time with your family this Sunday, and um, just be together as a family, and then we'll be up and running Sunday, January 6th, excited for for the new year and all that God's gonna do in the new year, uh, but we won't be here this coming Sunday. So, as we get into things tonight, uh, it is a Merry Christmas. It's a little bit colder outside uh, than it was a couple of hours ago, because we can start just getting into the vibe. I put on my jacket and I thought, like, maybe I could keep it on, and so far I'm hanging in there. Uh, but we love the Christmas season for all sorts of reasons, In Phoenix, we love it for the lights, uh, the hot cocoa, we love the decorations, and I love Christmas movies. And I imagine you guys do too. As I was thinking about Christmas movies, I was thinking, in the past, it seemed like I could always watch more Christmas movies. Anybody else feel like that? Like, I just remember always watching Christmas movies for, like, weeks on end, and this year, I'm like, we haven't watched one Christmas movie. And so, just the other night, we broke out Elf because you got to do that, and uh, we watched a, uh, a couple other movies, and they're starting to get into that zone, just as Christmas is about to be here, and then gone, uh, but Christmas movies are great, a lot of us know lines from Christmas movies, and I just thought of a couple, and since we're a little bit louder crowd, I thought you guys could participate with me, because I only thought of a couple, so here's a couple, and then you'd be thinking, all right, I'm going to call on you, so here's what I got, um, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, that one's easy. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Anybody know what that one is? Home Alone. We just watched that one the other night. It was great. What else do you guys have? Give me some Christmas quotes from your favorite movie. Say it louder and prouder. Santa. Yes, that's a good one. What else? You guys got any other lines from famous Christmas movies? You smell like beef and cheese? Tell us what the movie is just in case they don't know. Elf. So all elf quotes tonight. Okay. Yes, Terry, you raised your hand. You actually did it. If only it wasn't fudge. If only it wasn't fudge. What movie is that? If only it wasn't fudge. It was Christmas, story. Christmas Story. Nice. Anybody else? Okay. Well, here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk about a famous line from the Christmas story not in a movie, not Elf, sorry if you came for that. Uh, We're gonna talk about a famous line from the Christmas story in the Bible. And I would just uh, venture to say it's gonna be a little bit more potent and powerful than all the lines we just mentioned, all right? Uh, So here's where we're gonna go. Matthew chapter one, verse 23. If you have a Bible, feel free to grab it. If you don't, pull one up on your phone. We'll also have it on the screen. Matthew 1, 23, one of the most famous lines from the Christmas story that we see in the Bible. It says this. It says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, Matthew, first book in the New Testament, if you just turn there, uh, it's in the New Testament, but it's quoting the Old Testament. Uh, Matthew there is quoting Isaiah, which was written about 700 years before this happened, before the birth of Jesus. And if you're new to the Bible, In the Bible, we have four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they're all about the life, the story, the account of the person and work of Jesus. So you have Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John in the New Testament, but we believe the whole Bible is about Jesus. And so you can go back to a book like Isaiah, 700 years before, and see the foretelling of Jesus, of God becoming man, God coming to earth, heaven meeting earth in the form of of Jesus. And so we believe the whole Bible is about Jesus. This is just one specific account where we see this phrase that's really sticking out for us at Christmas season, which we already sang about, which is Emmanuel. And Matthew tells us it's God with us. Emmanuel has come to earth. He's God with us. And so I just want to break that down really briefly in our time together. The first thing we see, God with us, is that Jesus is God. We see that a little bit later in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. You see God the Father declare Jesus' divinity. He says this, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. We see in Titus chapter 2, among other places, Paul proclaimed our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus himself claimed to be God. John 10, verse 30, Jesus said this, I and the Father are one. And then it says, the Jews picked up stones to stone him. And as they were doing that, Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, it is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you being a man, make yourself God. You see, even as we read John chapter 10, we see evidence that Jesus is God. Because people pick up stones to try to kill Jesus, and that wasn't the only time, right? Throughout the gospels, you can see different times, especially as Jesus is preaching and teaching, claiming to be God, doing all sorts of miracles, and people are starting to see this guy is different. He's different than other prophets we've seen. He's different than us as Pharisees and religious people. This guy has a unique authority. People listen to him, crowds gather around him, and, and something's off with this guy, and people began to, to plot against Jesus. Religious leaders specifically began to do that. And the reason they did that, the reason they did that in John 10, what we just read, it says Jesus points it out. Right? What Jesus says, what good works. Are you, are you are you trying to stone me for? And they say, well, it's, it's not your good works, it's blasphemy that you claim to be God. And so, if you if you're new to the faith and you, you question whether Jesus is actually God, maybe he was a good teacher. And you come to church, uh, particularly at Christmas, because you think, well, Jesus was a good guy, Jesus was a good teacher, Jesus was all about love, and I can get behind that, and so maybe I'll just join a church or go to a service or read my Bible every once in a while, but not sure, let's hold off on the whole Jesus is God thing. If you think that, that doesn't fit with what Jesus said, it doesn't fit with what everything we see in the Bible. If Jesus was just a good teacher, if Jesus just gathered the little children around him in a circle... You don't kill people for that. You don't hang people to a cross for that. You don't even do that for miracles. You think about Jesus turned water into wine. Nobody kills somebody for doing that. Those are the people at parties you lift up on your shoulders and celebrate, right? Jesus was arrested, betrayed, crucified because he was God in the flesh. And so Jesus is God with us. Jesus is God. C.S. Lewis said it best, he's either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Ultimately, in the Christmas season, the biggest decision you can make is to decide which one of those you believe. To get off the fence and say, well, I think he might be a good teacher. No, he can't be a good teacher. No one is a good teacher if they say they're God. That would be automatically ejected out of the school, right? And so if Jesus is God, we have to come to that decision Do we believe that he's God? Is he God over our life? Is he Lord over our life? Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus is God. The next thing, he's God with us. You see, what's amazing about Jesus is he didn't stay in heaven and love us from afar, although he could have. If Jesus is God, all-powerful, he could stay in heaven from a distance and reveal himself to us in all sorts of ways. And we could look and gaze at God, Jesus, in the flesh from afar and think, wow, so amazing. God, you love us so much. Maybe he gives us some words on some page in a Bible and we can learn about it that way. But we just look up to heaven and he's far away, but he loves us that way because Jesus is so powerful. He could have done that, but he doesn't. No, Jesus is God with us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Heaven comes to earth. Jesus comes down, puts on flesh, lives amongst us, moves into the neighborhood, experiences our culture. He's born as a baby. and So Jesus is God, but he's God with us. Jesus is fully God, but he's fully man. Philippians 2 tells us this. Jesus, though he was God, emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Matthew 1.23, Mary conceives and bears a son. Just like every one of you was conceived and somebody bore you, that happened for Jesus. He's fully God. He's fully man. Jesus was a real baby who smiled and cried. The lyrics, no crying he makes in the song we all love, Away in a Manger, they're only there because that rhymes, right? If Jesus was fully God but also fully man, if he was born in the likeness of man, born as a baby, that means he cried. Amen, parents? Like babies cry, that's what they do. And I would be, venture to say that Jesus probably cried more than your child. Because he was in a wooden box with hay poking on him, right? He wasn't in a dock savanna. savannah. Like, he wasn't in a bassinet. He didn't have a cushiony blanket. He was in a cave or a barn with animals probably around him in a wooden box with hay. Jesus was fully God, but he was fully man. And we don't just see that as a baby. Throughout the Gospels, we see this. Jesus had a genealogy. He had a background. He had family heritage. He had names of people that you could trace back to the Old Testament and see how this person married this person and had this person and birthed this person and then went on to have this person. And you can go back and trace Jesus' family tree. He was fully God, but he was also fully man. His ethnicity was Jewish. He was a man. He grew physically, spiritually, mentally, and socially. Jesus learned, worked, slept, ate, prayed, sang songs, went to parties. Jesus got tired and went alone by himself to get away from other people and to pray. We see a really interesting account where Jesus is tempted by Satan himself. Jesus was fully God, God, but he was also fully man, God with us. Now why? Why is it that way? Why is Emmanuel God with us the way it works out? Well, Hebrews 4 tells us that even though Jesus was without sin, he was tempted in every way, and therefore he's able to sympathize, empathize with our weaknesses. So why is Jesus fully God, but also fully man? Why does he have the genealogy, the family heritage? Why does he cry? Why does he laugh? Why does he speak with passion? Why is Jesus fully God, but also fully man? Why is Jesus God with us? Because he knows what it's like to be you. He knows what it's like. And you don't ever have to question that. Every time you have ups and downs, Jesus experienced that. Every time you experience loss, Jesus experienced loss. Every time you engage the culture and you realize, hey, something is different about the culture than heaven. Something is different about the culture than the kingdom. Jesus felt that tension. He lived it fully God, fully man. And so he can relate. He can empathize with you. He knows what it's like so I know it's Christmas. I know there's a lot of joy in this room. But I also know there's some pain in this room. And there's some loss in this room. And there's some reminders of loss. And there's just, even if you don't have that, you have some busyness and some chaos in your life. And you had to strive to make it to Christmas Eve service and get your kids dressed and all of those things. And you're like, I still got to go home and cook dinner. And we got to get some few last minute presents wrapped. And you have the chaos of Christmas. Even just that, the chaos of humanity Jesus stepped into that. He did not stay far away because he's Emmanuel. He's God, but he's with us. We don't just see that in Jesus' birth and life. We see that in Jesus' death. That Jesus, because he was uniquely, fully God, was able to be a sinless sacrifice, satisfying the just wrath of God. But also, Jesus, because he was uniquely, fully man, He was able to die in your place for your sin. Jesus was uniquely fully God, fully man, in his birth, in his life, and in his death. That's the beauty of O come, O come, Emmanuel. That's the beauty of the Christmas story, that there is no one else in all of time, space, and history like Jesus Christ. There is no other Emmanuel, God, with us. Now I know as I say that tonight some of us may wonder, well, who's the us? Like I know, I know that. I sang it earlier, like Emmanuel God with us. We're gonna sing that a little bit later, right guys? Yeah, that's a little bit later. Just a little taste for you. They're gonna sound better than I did. Um, Emmanuel, God with us, as we sing that, we're like, yeah, God's with us, right? But is he with me? Like, who, who specifically is the us? Because I know the places I've been, and the things I've done, and the things I haven't done, and I'm not so sure that God is with us, with me. Well, one of my favorite parts of the Christmas story is when Jesus' birth is announced in Luke chapter 2. You guys know this part of the story? The angels come to shepherds, and they announce the birth of Jesus is here. Now, if you just read through that, and we do a lot of the times at Christmas, if you just read through that, you could think, well, yeah, that's great. Shepherds, it was a long time ago uh, in the Middle East, like, yeah, shepherds were probably everywhere. So some angels just came to some shepherds, and then they came to Jesus to look at baby Jesus, like, what's the big deal? But if you see some context, we know that shepherds in that day were the lowest on the totem pole. That their vocation was not honored, it was belittled, it was diminished. In fact, most people thought of shepherds as thieves. And so these were not glorious people that Jesus shows up to. It's not the people that you would think angels would show up to to announce the birth of Jesus. I would think, hey, let's get some momentum. Let's not wait for 30 years. Let's get some momentum at the birth. And so show up angels to some royal officials show up, angels, to some religious leaders and tell them, hey, unto you is born in this day in the city of David, Jesus Christ, Savior and Lord. Like it's happening all these years you've been waiting, Pharisees, Jesus is here. Like if I would have wrote the story, that's probably what I would have written because those guys are of prominence because they could have spread the word. Hey, Jesus is here. God has come to earth, but God doesn't do that. As God writes the story of Christmas, he has angels go to shepherds. And it's not just happenstance. That in that moment, God is showing us that, hey, when heaven's gonna meet earth, God's gonna become man. God's gonna be with us. The first people I'm gonna announce that to are the lowliest of the low. So that right from the outset, we can show that God with us is for all of us, is for everyone, no matter your stature, no matter your prominence, no matter your education, no matter your religion, that God with us is available to anyone because it was available to the shepherds. And so as we talk about the Christmas story, as we talk about God with us, you need to know tonight that that is true for you. I know there's a lot going on. I know you have things to do and things to prepare for for tomorrow and those are gonna be great times and the gift exchange and that's gonna be a great time. But just here's the beauty of the Christmas Eve service. Here's why we do this. Here's why you're here tonight. You ready? It's to reflect on this truth that God is with us. It's to take a break from the crazy out there and be reminded of the truth in here. That Jesus is God that Jesus is man, that Jesus was born that way, he lived that way, he died that way for us, for every single person in this room. No matter what you've done, no matter what you haven't done, no matter where you've been, this is why we do a Christmas Eve service, is to break from all of that out there and come in here and be reminded that God is with us. And so I would encourage you, be reminded of that. As we sing songs, as we sing that song and talk about that, would you sing it a little bit differently like you believe it, like it's true for you? Would you live in light of that truth that Jesus is fully God, but he's fully man. He empathizes with me. Everything I go through, he knows, he sees, he cares, he cherishes me. He knows my name. He loves me through it all. Would you sing like that? Would you live in light of of that truth. Would you fully embrace that truth? That's what Christmas Eve service is all about. So let's take a moment to do that now. Father in heaven, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for a moment where we can break away from the busyness of life and we can be reminded of a truth that we read a lot and even sing a lot at this time of year that that Jesus shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. God, I pray that truth would just ring new in our lives, even as we talk about it right now. God, that some of us would embrace it like we never have for ourselves and know that that's true for us. Some of us would begin to see areas of our life that don't match up with a, a God who's with us. We're trying to do this thing all by ourselves, our, our Our tagline is not God with us, but it's, I got this. I can handle this, I can do this, I can push through. That's our tagline, a lot of us in this room. But you say, God with us, that everything we do is empowered by your Holy Spirit, by the name of Jesus Christ, the fame of Jesus Christ. It's motivated by that, it's delivered by that. And so God, for those of us who aren't living a story of God with us, may we begin to do that tonight by the power of your spirit. And God, I pray for a man or a woman or even a child in this room who hasn't embraced, hasn't believed for the first time that Jesus is with them, that Jesus came for them, that Jesus lived, died, and resurrected for them. God, I pray they would take this moment to stop listening to me and start talking to you And say, Jesus, I believe in you. I trust you. I believe you came for me. And I've always believed you vaguely came for the world, but now I believe you came for me, that you died for my sin, you rose again, and that I can know you and be with you forever. That God with us can be the banner over my life for all of eternity. God, I pray for that man or woman in this room tonight, that they would make that decision, they would begin talking to you about it right now. And we thank you that you are a God who didn't stay far away, but he was with us. May we sing about that now. In Jesus' name, amen.